Danny and Sarah have done it. They've won. They are challenge champions. And they're also the only ones who finished the final. Uh, Holy moly. We've got a lot to discuss. A lot, lot, lot to discuss. It's the Challenge USA episode 11 or 12 or both or just 11. It's the final episode of the Challenge USA recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to the Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things the challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the challenge universe, then I am here to document it. Thank you so much for being here. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollaball. Glad to have you here with me tonight. Well, it's over. We just Watch the final two-hour episode of Challenge USA, and emotions are mixed, to say the least. It's been a couple hours, actually, you know, two hours since uh, the episode ended. Took us a little while to gather ourselves before we could hit record here. So much joy for Danny, my guy Danny, root for him all season. He becomes a Challenge champion. So much joy So much umbrage with the production team, so puzzled by some of the decisions that were made. Yet then, I remember how Danny FaceTimed Kiki at the end to tell her he won, had me damn near in tears. So yeah, uh, lots of feelings, lots of thoughts to work through on this here podcast this evening. Before we do any of that, though, a couple quick programming reminders. As for the Challenge USA-related things, this podcast, obviously, all about the final that we just watched. I will then be back next Wednesday one more time to do a full-season recap. That'll be next Wednesday morning instead of super late at night because super late next Wednesday night. I'll be watching Survivor to get ready to recap that. So next Wednesday morning, full-season Challenge USA, season wrap-up, season awards, the whole thing. You know how we do. We got to close out the season with our final thoughts, Look back at it as a whole thing one last time. So tonight's just finale. Next Wednesday, season wrap-up and awards. Between this episode and that episode, we've got two other episodes coming at you. First, this Friday, two days from now, Tactically one day from now, because right now, as of recording, it is officially Thursday morning. It's 12.05 a.m. But Friday, this Friday, big, big day, our first ever cast member interview here at The Challenge Historian. And boy... Was it a good one? Recorded this morning, had the absolute pleasure of speaking with two-time challenge champion, true OG and legend of the game, Dan Setzler himself, just this morning. We ended up talking for like damn near three hours, uh, almost more, so working on getting that put together. We'll release it this Friday. For those longtime challenge fans who love the true old school days, the OG of OG days, the earliest era of the show, seasons like Challenge 2000s, Battle of the Seasons, Battle of the Sexes 2, you're not going to want to miss this chat with Dan. So that will be out on Friday. Then on Monday, the rewatch series makes its triumphant return with The Island, a season that will certainly be interesting to talk about. I'll have my good friend Paige from Most Likely 2 with me to talk about that pivotal and franchise-altering season of the challenge. So, the rewatch series coming back on Monday. As always, get in touch over on Instagram, at Challenge Historian. If you want to chat challenge, give any feedback about this show, talk about this final we just watched, anything at all, hit me up at Challenge Historian. DMs are open. Appreciate everyone who's been reaching out, chopping it up with me over there. The more, the merrier. Come on in. Let's have have a chat about the challenge. Now, without further ado, let's get into it. Buckle up, folks, because, yeah, I'm feeling a real way about this one tonight again. All the emotions all over the place, positive, negative, everything in between, so many things going on. Here we go. Let's kick it off with our Cliff Notes recap. A supersized episode of the Challenge USA. I still don't know. Challenge, was it 11 and 12? Did they just roll it into one? Am I supposed to call it two different episodes? How am I supposed to do the stats for the episodes? I'm going to call it 11 and 12. But either way, supersized episode, supersized Cliff Notes recap. Everything that happened in episode 11 or 12 or both, however you want to think. Everything that happened between the hours of 8 and 10 Central Standard Time this evening on the Challenge USA finale. Here we go as quick as we can. Three, two, one. And we are off. 
Everyone's getting ready for the final mission. Dom wants the last bit of power. Sarah plays pool solo, and Danny calls Kiki, and she and daughter Zoe officially make it on screen after all the Kiki mentions all season long. So great to see them getting onto our screens. Then we are told to get ready for a nighttime challenge, which throws everyone off. They get dressed, they jump in the back of a very scary truck sort of vehicle thing, and get taken to a body of water near an abandoned town in the middle of the night. TJ says they're playing Getting Tired, swim 500 meters across the lake to this abandoned town where you search for tires that are worth different point values. Highest value tires have puzzles to unlock them. Lowest values don't. Transport one tire at a time, one kilometer to your drop zone. Do this over and over for two hours. Most points win. Least points for the women goes to the final elimination. Tyson and Angela, they're first across the water. Of course, they go for the lone 20-point tires, which come with a complicated slider puzzle to solve. Tyson would get his in a decent time. Angela, on the other hand, would end up taking over one and a half hours to get her hers 90 plus minutes of the two hour time after that two hours it's Tyson and Dom tied on the men's side so they both gain power with Sarah joining from the women's side after a great performance her first individual win of the season in a daily that is Angela has gotten last and is going into elimination oh yeah and Ben fell because they were running on changing elevations of concrete at night in the dark and he hurt his shoulder and we'll have more on that later back at the house Angela tells Tyson she wants Kayla but won't say anything to Sarah and Dom, who eventually decide they don't want Tyson to get his way one final time, so they stick it to him and to Angela and to Alyssa, most of all, by picking Alyssa to go against Angela in the arena. At that arena, it's a challenge staple. Pole wrestle is here, and it's not much of a match. As the two besties wrestle briefly before Angela pulls the pole away, two rounds in a row to take the win, make Alyssa the final contestant to be eliminated before the final. At the house, Ben has to go have his shoulder looked at. Everyone else has a bonfire, prepares for the final, which also includes all of them getting on private planes, heading down further south, all the way to Patagonia, the site of previous challenge finals, including most notably of all, Rivals 1. First, TJ tells Ben he is not allowed to compete, ending his final before it begins. The nine that are left are told there are five stages. Each will be done in pairs chosen by that trusty algorithm. It's back because of Ben being DQ'd. One woman will be solo for each leg of the race. First leg. Swim 500 meters to shore and solve a slider puzzle. Inexplicably, Enzo can't complete the swim, freaks out, quits, and thus also forces Desi, who is his partner that round, to be DQ'd with him. It's shocking, it's shameful, and no one deserves this ending. Most certainly of all, not Desi. She is out, he is out. Now we are down already. We've just begun the final, and from 10 to 7. Danny and Kayla win the leg, getting five points. These points are kept throughout. Five for a win, four for a second on down the line each day. Stage comes with points. The most at the end will win. Second leg, you do a little run, then you have to eat a full onion with garlic cloves as well, but you've got lemon juice if you need it to wash it down. It looks like Kayla may bow out as she is doing this leg solo, but she pulls it together to finish. Everyone moves on with Danny getting another leg win alongside Angela this time around. Third leg is a long run with some math along the way. Everyone does well, even though all of Dom's farts are leaving everyone's nostrils up in arms along the way, but they all complete it. Tyson and Angela win the stage. Fourth leg, it's now dark. It's 10, 11 o'clock at night, and the overnight comes with a campsite, but you can't go to sleep until you've moved a massive pile of dirt from one place to the other with a small wheelbarrow. Angela, she's solo this round, decides, you know what, I'm just going to go to sleep rather than wreck my body, just get last anyways. Go to sleep. Problem is, that's looked at as quitting. So when they wake up the next morning, TJ tells her she is done. Just like that, we're down to six. The final leg is done purely individual. A 10-mile race to the top of the mountain with two puzzles along the way. It's been a downpour of rain all night long. Then it starts to snow. It's super cold, super miserable. Mix of downpour. Rain to snow to rain to snow and freezing cold the whole dang time. Tyson zooms out front, but Danny is close behind. Crushes the first puzzle to make up some ground. Eventually, Tyson gets to the second and final puzzle at mile marker 8. First, it's a massive Sudoku. Danny gets there right behind him, but then finishes the Sudoku in quick fashion and is off towards the finish line. Dom and Justine, they show up to the Sudoku. Kayla, not far behind. Sarah is stuck having to take a break from the rain and the misery back at the first puzzle, seemingly completely out of it. Then 
hands literally shaking violently. Tyson, Dom, and Justine all decide to call it quits. Kayla shows up to the Sudoku, ends up doing the same. She quits. Suddenly, Danny has not only won this whole thing, but looks like he may be the only one to finish until a resilient Sarah gives one last push, finishes that first puzzle, gets to the Sudoku, decides to do it anyways, even though she thinks she's in last, gets to the finish line, finds out that she too is not in last. She is the only woman to finish. She too has won the Challenge USA. Sarah and Danny take the entire $500,000 between them, splitting it even. Everyone else goes home empty-handed. Wow, double-sized episode finale episodes make for a very long Cliff Notes recap, but that is everything that happens. Now let's talk about it. And there is only one place to start. There is a lot to get to. We will somewhat do some chronological order here as we talk about this, but there's one place I have to start before I get into all the other things so that we know what the priorities here are, what the highest of the feelings of the many different feelings I felt watching this finale. One of them you know, is way above and higher and certainly better uh, than all of the other ones, and that is Danny, hell of a win. Absolute hell of a win. He won that shit fair and square. You know what? That, that That's bullshit that I even used those words. I even invoked that sentence. Not just fair and square. Danny didn't just win fair and square. He kicked ass. He deserved that win. He earned that win. And I am beyond thrilled for the guy that I've been pulling for all season long. Clearly an amazing dude, a hell of a competitor, and as a fan and a devoted historian of this show, I couldn't be more proud to include Danny in the club of challenge champions, more proud that he is the representative, the winner of this season on the male side of things, entering the club of challenge champions, a deserving champion, earned that shit absolutely amazing performance he's the best flat out way to go to him way to go to kiki and zoe the whole beautiful family they were the stars of the night they were you know kiki certainly was one of the stars of the season danny finally you know got some shine of his own this this tonight hopefully i think most of the kiki's husband uh i saw kind of dissipating a little bit on the social media this evening it's been amazing all season uh danny Absolutely incredible job to him. Loved getting to see Kiki and Zoe entering the fray on camera, not just all the mentions that we've gotten all season long. They are absolute stars of this episode this season, and his win was absolutely, absolutely amazing and awesome, and I loved every single thing about it. Amazing. Sarah, let's get to Sarah at the end. But the one thing I will say now, we're going to, again, we're, we're going to talk about Sarah at the very end of this long list of things I want to talk about, uh, kind of have one at the beginning, one at the end. But the one thing I will say now is ditto for her on the earned and deserved part. Everything I just said about Danny as far as earned, deserved, was the one who should have won, supposed to have won, all of that, completely ditto for Sarah as it was for Danny. I am now going to probably start talking some shit about the production of the final and how they handled certain things, but not in a way that I feel like the correct winners didn't win or anything like that. So awesome job to Sarah. We'll cover her at the end. Amazing job, Danny. You're the man. I'm your number three fan. I'd say number one, but obviously I ain't jumping Kiki and Zoe. I'll take number three, but wanted to get that out first up top before everything else because this is not you know, an All-Stars 2 situation where, yes, I'm about to run through some things with this final that from a production standpoint, decisions that were made from the outside seems like some errors were made, some errors in judgments, things of that nature, but not in a way where I feel like it changed the outcome of who should have, who deserved to, who did go out there and win this the way in the past, like an All-Stars 2 where it's like, were those people supposed to win? Did they deserve to win? If would things have been different if these things were handled differently? Was the out would the outcome have been different? I do not think the outcome would have been different in this final if any of the things we're about to talk about would have changed. So I want to make that abundantly clear up top. Hats off to Sarah, hats off to Danny. 
deserving earned championships and great champions for the challenge. Looking forward to them representing the U.S. squad on the challenge, whatever they end up calling the, hopefully not the War of the World, since they already used that before, but whatever they call this global championship, streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus, don't you know? <laughs> we know, TJ, we know. they don't. You don't have to put that soundbite in over the top of everything. We know where we're going to find it when we get to find it. I look forward to watching it. I look forward to watching Danny and Sarah hopefully continue to kick ass there, as I expect they will do. Now that we have been abundantly clear about our winners and their deserved and earned champion status, what the actual fuck just happened? Like, again, again, we've been, it's it's been a rough, rough two and some change years now uh, with, with uh, the string of uh, this franchise between Total Madness and All-Stars 2, and now this one, again, uh, kind of a weirdly a mixture of those, of what kind of went wrong with those ones happened here, and again, this is the final time I'll, I'm, I'm always terrible about saying preface after preface after preface, I said it once, I just spent literally, what, five minutes saying it over and over and over. So again, this one, the correct people won, the right people won. I don't think anything would have changed if any of the things we're about to talk about changed. Last time I'm going to say that. So back to what the actual fuck just happened. It was only a few short months ago that I sat here and praised the production for putting together such a well-run final on All-Stars 3, a really well-run season on All-Stars 3. They had rebounded from some errors that were clearly obviously made on All-Stars 2. They'd come back and they're like, no, we got this. We know what we're doing. We're pros, pros at this. We've been doing it for years, 40-plus seasons. We know what we're doing. We can run and execute an incredible television show, an incredible game and product, and make it incredibly well-oiled machine behind the scenes for these cast to compete and be a part of. It was only a couple months ago. We're like, yes, we did it, guys. We got back. We reached that standard, that standard that this, these, these crews, this production team, this production company, everyone has set for the greatest game in the world. I, I think this is the greatest game in the world. I love hearing the Wes Bergmans of the world sing it from the mountaintops that this is the greatest game, coolest game that's ever been invented. When it's at its best, that's what it is. It just seems recently it's not always at its best. I mean, we're back in that All-Stars 2, that total madness territory. This just isn't it. It has to be a better produced event. It has to make sense. It has to be something resembling fair to all involved. There can be some luck. There can be some randomness. But did Desi really just waste two months of her life on this show only to go home because some bum couldn't swim with the life jacket on. There was no other decision that could have been made. She couldn't have just stayed. She couldn't have kept running it. I reserve the right to change some of these opinions uh, that I've already started to share, that I'm about to share. Um, uh, once we learn more over the coming days, podcast interviews, all that, uh, hopefully maybe I can talk with some different people that were involved. We can listen to others, talk to people that were involved on the podcast circuit, everything like that. So I'll update any of these that need updating next week when I do the season wrap-up pod. But for now, let's just kind of go one by one here on some of the things that happened in the final decisions were made, really really just the whole episode. Let's go daily uh, elimination and then step-by-step step through the final and talk about a couple, couple of the decisions, a couple of the storylines, a couple of everything from the episode. All right, let's just let's just do it in the order. Let's kick it off with the daily challenge. Great daily challenge. Fantastic daily challenge. Nighttime daily challenges are almost always fun, almost always a hit for us the viewer. It doesn't seem miserable to actually take part in, but their misery is our enjoyment, our entertainment. We appreciate that from all of you taking part. Nighttime challenges Almost always great up to and until someone gets hurt, which unfortunately did happen here. And that's, you know, that's just a bummer that that stuff happens. Almost no challenge season goes by now without an injury. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. The only real story to come out of the daily challenge to talk about other than that it was awesome and I thought it was spooky and fun and well, well constructed. This one hats off standing ovation, really, really well produced and put together uh, daily challenge. Angela blew it. Uh, like, 
I know it eventually doesn't cost her because we watched the whole episode. She doesn't lose the elimination. doesn't even come close. But she blew it. Like 90 minutes for that slider puzzle. That is tough. You have two hours to do this thing. At some point, you've got to have some sort of mental clock. I know it's worth 20 points. And so it makes total sense that early on, you know, like Tyson finishes his next to her. She's like, I'm really struggling here. I don't feel like I've made any progress. I don't know what I'm doing. And he and she, you know, agree like, hey, it's worth 20 points. They're taking, you know, threes and fives and sevens. So like, it's fine if it takes you 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Like, who cares? Like, once you get it, you'll be immediately right back tied or in the lead from them. But when you get to 60 minutes, maybe a full hour, and you're like, I've used up half the time, and I still don't feel like I'm like close to finishing this, either have Alyssa and Tyson and any of your allies stop and stand there with you and figure that shit out, or you've got to be able to cut, call it at some point and be like, you know what? I'm a really good athlete. I can run. They're getting a little tired, and I feel like all I got to do now, I got to put this down. I got to step away and stop. And I've got to maybe ask my alliance members to like kind of point out some higher point tires that are left to me. But if I run really well, I won't get last. Maybe I could pass one person. And maybe even better, what if, I mean, it definitely was in the rules that they weren't directly allowed to help because I feel like Tyson would have uh, like legit direct, like just done it for her. I'm guessing she wasn't allowed to step away and be like, hey, I'm going to give up. Tyson, you should do this one. And then, you know, he does it. And when he's done, he's like, you know what? I don't want to take that tire and let her pick it up or something. I'm assuming that was not allowed because it feels like he or maybe other others that she was aligned with at this point of the season would have done that. But she blew it. Um, stunning, uh, blown daily challenge from her. Uh, it doesn't ultimately you know, lead to her exit from the show. She makes it to the final, so it's okay. So it doesn't rise up the ranks of all time, like blown surprise daily challenge results the way of, you know, like a poly on the War of the Worlds one when it's like the dominant player all season long suddenly is just purged out last place and out of the game at the last daily challenge. So she's lucky this was not a purge situation. Uh, Pretty crazy, but ultimately great daily challenge. Then we got the elimination. It's pole wrestle. It's the staple. It's the classic. We knew this was coming. Of course it was coming. They hadn't done it yet. They were, of course, going to do it. It had to be this final one. Quickly on Dom's decision to not stick with the alliance that had worked really well and held ground for each other over the last couple weeks, the Survivor guys, Angela and Alyssa, plus Desi when Desi ended up having to be roped in as well a few episodes back, but uh, Dom decides put in Alyssa just, I guess, so Tyson doesn't feel like he was in charge of the game the entire time, and so something doesn't go Tyson's way once, which ultimately... I, I, it doesn't really totally check out with me. I feel like there's more there that we didn't see or didn't know that went into that decision from Dom. Cause ultimately like, yeah, Tyson's like, yeah, I was, you know, working with the two of them, but I was, I was working with Angela. Really? He was working with Angela from day one when they won the first daily together. And he had to feel pretty confident that like you could throw in Alyssa and I'm going to be upset about that. But also, you know, like I feel like Angel's gonna win, and it, it's ultimately not that impactful on his game. It's really just impactful on Angela's game, who has hooked you up recently. Um, and Alyssa hooked Dom up earlier when she went for you know Xavier when Dom was the other name floating around in that instance. So didn't totally check out to me, but seemed like one of those where like we're just moving really quick in this episode. We just didn't get to see a lot of it. Horrible matchup between the two of them. Feel horrible both for Alyssa and Angela that they had to do this versus each other. Uh, feel horrible for Alyssa that she had to go up against the beast. That is Angela. Uh, absolute dominant victory. We'll talk a little more about this on the season wrap up next week, but the Challenge USA goes 0 for 3 on the classic headbangers. Uh, balls in, hall brawl, pole wrestle. Those are the three staple classic headbangers I personally throw in not so fast as like the big four of challenge eliminations, but you know, not so fast is literally the perfect challenge eliminations game. Uh, it's kind of its own thing. These three balls in hall brawl pole wrestle are the three headbanger ones that most seasons we get at least two of the three, the best seasons ever, you know, we'll get three of them, but those ones only become the best seasons ever when we get the luck of the draw where these matchups are great in these three headbangers where we get the right matchups that are fair, that are intense, that are people that want to do it. And this season now officially goes over three, the hall brawl, 
not great. Didn't what didn't feel great watching that. The ball's in. We talked about that last week. I'm not going to rehash my feelings about that. And then this one, the pole wrestle, valiant effort, certainly by Alyssa um, and Angela both, um, but ultimately a pretty lopsided matchup. So nothing the production could do about that. All of you out there who love to talk about, oh, they rig the eliminations. They love to come at me, even DM me after I say they don't rig eliminations after I will die on that hill. As honest as I will be about my feelings about production and how they do things with this show, I will die on the hill. They do not rig eliminations, and I don't see as many people talking about it when in the moments when you know they go 0 for 3 on their three big eliminations that they want to have these big, epic moments that completely fall flat because the matchups don't end up being what they need to be to make the best of those situations. And guess what? It's because it's random and they pick these in advance and whoever ends up in them ends up in them. They don't rig who ends up in the eliminations. Please, can we just put that shit to rest once and for all? Then let's move on to the final. Here we go. Now we're at the final. Let's go part by part of the final. First off, first part of the final is they have to go to Patagonia to a mountain that uh, we've, as Challenge fans, we've seen that before. They've run finals there before, I believe, two different times. Um, the most notable of those, the most obvious of those, is Rivals 1, which shout out Challenge Stats, at Challenge Stats, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, everywhere else that you could find. Unbelievable account, as always, and you know they were instant with the pictures and the callbacks of like, oh, like, this is the hill that Kenny carried Wes up. Literally the same one. Look at these side by side. All that stuff. Challenge stats. Amazing work, as always. The familiarity of this particular mountain, of this place where they've literally run finals on this mountainside before, this should give them an edge in producing a great and well-oiled final mission, right? Turns out maybe not 100%. The setup, the initial setup of it seemed really, really awesome. It was just the execution and a couple decisions along the way. Let's go through this. Final uh, before they then start, so we're in Patagonia. That's cool. We we can reminisce about past finals in this location. Um, then we find out Ben can't compete. Uh, before we even start, Ben is eliminated, and I just feel horrible for the guy. It is such it's such a bummer how he got hurt again. Um, you know it, that 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 stuff happens. It sucks that yeah, like you're running around. It's a nighttime challenge. You're running around not only at night. In dark buildings, there's elevation changes in the concrete, all that. You get tripped up, you fall, you jack up your shoulder real bad, you end up being told you're not allowed to compete. That's really, really horrible. And that's something that's just, you know, shit luck, uh, just, you know, shit circumstances that that is how it goes down. Um, Injuries happen every single season at this point on the challenge. And uh, they're horrible every single time. They suck every single time. They're just a part of, you know, this has become enough of a sport that it it, one of the way things that makes it like a sport is the inevitability of someone's gonna end up getting hurt and how shitty that is that that's you know just a part of this kind of stuff um i do think it's a bummer they didn't let him try uh i'll be very interested to find out what injury he had because you know, I'm thinking, you know, shoulder injury, whatever it might be. Did he separate his shoulder? Was something broken? Did he pull some sort of muscle, rotator cuff? Who, we don't know. We don't get an explanation, but I'm sure at some point, maybe he'll say, someone will say what exactly the injury was. But, uh, and, you know, I'm glad they're making their, you know, being on the cautious side on the medical side. That's better than when they've been on the lax side and, you know, years and years ago when some really lax silly, dumb, some would say, uh, medical decisions, uh, were allowed of people allowed to compete with certain medical injuries. But this one, I've I've kind of wanted him to get to try. It felt like other than the swimming, I don't see why he couldn't have done this final with a hurt shoulder, the swimming, even like, you know, you're wearing a life jacket. You could go backwards, just kick your feet, not, you know, not swing that arm. I feel like you, you would go slow, but you could finish that swim and, you know, the overnight would have sucked, but his partner could have done most of the work that would have sucked and, you know, been a random shitty matchup for that partner that night. But, uh, you know, that there was, you know, good and bad partnerships throughout the randomness throughout. So I feel like it could have happened. I really liked Ben. Um, you know, he was one that came into the season as myself as not coming in with knowledge of any of these, almost any of these people save for Danny and Shan. And that was about it. Uh, coming into the season, I, you know, 
didn't maybe have the most sterling reputation coming off Survivor the way some other Survivor people and other alums from all these shows did. There's been, you know, some references to in the house, his presence in the house maybe was a little tough on some people, but to me, he comes off in this show like just a really, really awesome guy, a really good dude who has been through some shit, has been through some rough stuff and has to constantly deal with the repercussions of some of those things that he has been through in his life and that maybe has some effects on how you know he's able to handle the situation like being locked in a warehouse style house uh and you know doing these challenges and just the atmosphere of the challenge is a very difficult mental place to go into for anyone um and so i came out of this thinking that he just seems like a really 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 good dude really good person at his heart and i thought he was one of the three guys going into this final i thought he danny and tyson were the ones that could win i didn't really dom proved me wrong dom had a shot absolute shot at getting that win in the end uh so hats off to him for proving me wrong but i thought ben really had a shot really bummed that he didn't get to go then we get to the actual first stage of the final we're all right we're fine we're at the real final now it's starting and that uh, Jersey bum, as I will refer to him only for the rest of this episode, respectfully refer to him only as that bum from Jersey quits. Uh, they have to swim 500 meters into shore, do a puzzle. That is leg one of five of this daily challenge. And the bum can't swim to shore, and they eliminate Desi too because of it. And this is the big one of the couple decisions we're going to talk about. This is the one that makes absolutely zero sense to me that had me incensed enraged i could not believe this i can't imagine what was going on inside of her head and her body in that experience in that moment being told that you know my partner just quit because they couldn't do the swim to shore that only took everyone else you know of whatever few minutes single digit minutes 10 minutes 15 whatever it was yes swim open water swimming difficult you've got a life jacket on it's 500 meters everyone else did it no problem you can't quit you're not going to drown you have a life jacket on i know it's cold but he quits and they decide desi's out desi's out which they do you know it's tj voiceover but i'm guessing was said very explicitly up front if your partner quits you quit with them it was said explicitly you know in the talk the narration over but isn't getting last place for Desi enough of a punishment for like of a, of a random like, hey, you drew the short straw this round. You got the shit partner. He quit. That means you get last. You didn't quit. You can swim to shore and finish. But no matter what, you get one point last place points. Isn't that bad enough? Isn't that enough of a random, you know, shitty luck coming into play? There's already a woman competing solo in that very round. Why can't there just be two women who compete solo there ends up being four rounds that's eight what i'm gonna end up trying to do math and proving my own point wrong but regardless i feel like there's a way to make this work where just two of them could have went solo maybe for one or two of the rounds maybe sarah wanted to go against enzo in a no i said his name enzo in a in a hall brawl earlier she can pair up with one of the ladies for a round or two if needed somehow some way the decision shouldn't have been Desi is just out, just like that. She's done this show for whatever, two months, whatever they film for. She's done awesome at it. She's been one of the top performers on the female side throughout the whole thing, consistently through the whole season. She was one I was looking at as a definite, definite candidate, a win in this whole final, and she just gets told that you, you're you done. You have to go home, and it just doesn't make sense because, uh, you know, one, just because it, it, it seems really silly it seems completely messed up jacked up that that's how someone can get eliminated from the final and because the only single thing that they need to change in the final to make it purely individual is the piles of dirt and maybe kind of the decoder words during that stage that's it um as one who just did my little diatribe about them not rigging anything before mostly because of how hard it is to adjust stuff this is one where looking at what they had put in front of them the adjustments were right there easy and obvious let two women run solo each one maybe there's a little luck then and who gets to be partnered you know the luck of the partner or non-partner of which stage is increased a touch but it, it comes because you didn't eliminate someone for getting completely 
shit end of the stick in the first round. You swap out a couple piles of dirt, make them do that, a couple extra people do that individually, or just make the whole game at that point individual. Just be like, you know what? Hey, we lost two guys already. Ben wasn't allowed to compete. Enzo DQ'd in the first one. He quit, you know, five minutes into it. So the only fair way to continue is purely individual. The six of you who did the first leg in pairs, you got a little break. You got a little, you know, got a little bonus. And but that's all we're getting. We're moving on. Everything's individual here on out. No more partners. How hard would that have been? You switch up the piles of dirt. You cut the decoder numbers in half. And you move it, keep it moving, and Desi gets to keep going. I love Desi so much. She's such a badass, one of the best on this season, no question, to end her time on the show like this. Like, like this, it's an unconscionable air by the production staff. We move on to final stage two and three. They were fine. They were solid. They were, they're, uh, you know, good quality uh, state final stages, fi- stages of a challenge final. The eating, uh, I really loved that they went with onion and garlic. That was really cool, really fun. I like that they constantly switched that up. Eating has to be a part of the final, but it doesn't just have to be, you know, a pile of gross, you know, animal intestines every time. It can be ways to make it really fun and interesting by a different version of super difficult. And eating that onion and that garlic looked super duper difficult and got all the amazing, you know, the smell jokes, the fart jokes, the puke jokes, everything that was hilarious right afterwards, uh, everything about that. So the eating stage, fantastic, really, really nailed it. The math portion, uh, fine callback to, you know, earlier uh, challenges from the season. But here we've got to talk about Justine Times Out, which is the right thing for them to do. They made the right decision in this point, but making this right decision highlights some of the other seemingly incorrect decisions they made because they do the right thing on this one. They realize that Justine, as the one who has to go solo during this round, gets totally screwed. She has to remember 10 numbers. Everyone else has to remember five. Everyone else gets it in one run. Justine is sitting there like, I'm about to get this wrong, which means I'm about to have to do laps and laps of this while everyone else just sits and watch. That's horrible. And they decide that, you know what, that is way harder. And we're just going to go ahead and call it everyone else's finish. So instead of making you do laps by yourself, just, you know, say you got last, let's keep it moving. That was the right decision. But that seems like the same logic there could have just been used for Desi previously or for others upcoming on a future decisions within this very same challenge. Speaking of, let's move to that stage for the overnight and Angela quitting. I'm glad that everyone on Twitter kind of had a, in Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. There was a lot of social activity during this episode. Uh, you know, the, the, Twitter gets pretty lively during any challenge episode, um, certainly during a finale. Um, And a lot of people were immediately pointing out everything I'm about to say right now. And I'm really glad that both of these angles to this were being pointed out simultaneously by a lot of people. Way to go, challenge audience on social media actually being smart. There's not a lot of social media audiences that can say that they make smart, well-thought-out points in the heat of the moment. And I feel like we all collectively did in this moment. And that point those angles are yes Angela should have done the thing and known that this would have been considered quitting she should have known she should have considered that this would be looked at as quitting but you know what else someone from production should have just said one fucking sentence to her that it would count as quitting how hard is that you really want the the favorite to win on the female side, the woman who's been kicking ass that TJ's just been lathering braze on all season long to get DQ'd in your final in this manner? Because if you if they thought maybe like the reaction to it, it would be such a moment uh, that you know that'd be really good for the show. It wasn't. <laughs> um, again, should she have asked? Yes. I think she, I think she should have. I feel like obviously I have no idea what I would do in that actual moment because I've never been in any moment anywhere like that. But even saying that, I feel like I would have asked in that moment, like, "Hey, I don't want to do this. Am I allowed to just take last place? Am I allowed to have moved the least amount of dirt? Is that okay? Um, should she have known she needed to do it? At least try. Yes, probably. But come on, just tell her. Say one word to her. How many production staff are around in that moment? Camera crew, whatever. Everyone that's there for a final challenge. Just one person say, hey, just so you know, like, are you quitting? Or just ask. You don't have to say something directly. Just ask. Hey, so are you quitting? 
are you quitting? Can we, can we, you know, we're filming you right now. Can we, can we put a little thing behind? Can we make your bank account go to zero on the bottom of the screen? Are you quitting? And then give her a heads up. They're like, you better keep going. So, um, I, I feel like someone should have said something. I agree though, that she also should have known it's both sides here. You know, it's not like she's faultless in this situation. Uh, that's a big, big, big mental air, but uh, yeah, I feel like someone should have said something to her. I'm very interested to hear uh, Devin Simone, the wonderful, always wonderful Devin Simone, current co-host of the Official Challenge podcast with the also always wonderful Devon. Uh, Devon and Devin, they will be talking about this very moment. Of course, they'll be recapping this whole episode over on the Challenge, uh, the Official Challenge podcast, MTV's Official Challenge podcast, whatever uh, they're calling it for this season. She chimed in uh, as well, like read that they would be talking about this because Devin herself is someone who has uh, very similar experience in this exact scenario back on free agents when she stayed up damn near all night riding a stationary bike to finish the leg hours after everyone else had finished and went to sleep. And she was forced and did and toughed it out and finished and then finished the whole final. And it was amazing. And she's amazing. So, uh, I reserve some judgment about this because I would love to hear, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing uh, Devin's take on all of this. Uh, but still, I feel like someone could have at least posed a question. They didn't have to say, hey, you're going to get eliminated, but instead posed the question of, hey, are you quitting? Is that what's happening right here? Same as I think she should have been smart enough to realize that was a very, very likely outcome of her decision. Then we get to stage five, the final of the final, a 10-mile run, and everyone ends up quitting. Um, The weather turns really horrible. Some of the worst weather we have seen in a final in challenge history. And guess what? This is the challenge. These finals are meant to be insanely, insanely hard. So yes, there is clearly a massive storm coming in that may have been Really, really dangerous. We don't know. Uh, we'll you know maybe find out from the cast that was there what they felt about the situation over you know the interview circuit and whatnot in the next few days and weeks and months and years. Uh, we may find out from production what they felt like. I know Justin Booth had a I don't know if it was in EW or where where it was this week a little a little write up talking about this final that was about the air and mentioning that you know they were kind of racing against a storm. I believe he may even used words uh, like that. I'm paraphrasing, but. So yes, there may have been a massive storm coming in, um, but it's also just, it's totally appropriate circumstances for them to have to get through this. These challenges are meant to be incredibly tough, and they know they go do these in locations where the weather could completely and utterly suck. So that's what happens, and uh, yeah, it absolutely sucks, and it absolutely wrecks almost everyone's game except for Danny and Sarah who tough it out and get that win. Now, my one gripe with the weather has always been and kind of will always be was in this moment is the clothing they're given. They're given a, a full good first set of clothes, but I would love the only change I would ask for is I would love for them to have unlimited clothes. Let them change as many times as they want. If one outfit gets totally soaked and they want to take, it's a timed thing. They're racing against other people. If they want to take the time to stop and change into a dry set of clothes, I say give them that, have unlimited gear there for them, and then also give them, it didn't seem like they maybe had the best waterproof or rain-specific gear, uh, so maybe just the gear could be a little better, the gear could be unlimited, but I'm all for them dealing with the harshest of elements, just equip them full out. They very well may have been, you know, it, it looked like they had a lot going on, but by the the amount of shivering and the violence of the shivering by the end, it seemed like uh, everyone was pretty soaked through and whether that was just because that's just going to happen no matter what the heck equipment and gear you've got in that scenario that they ended up in. Um, I just, that's my only thing that I've got against the weather related stuff. Cause otherwise I love it. Uh, I would hate experiencing it. Uh, But that's, that's a part of the show. And I have, I have no qualms with the fact that they were running this in torrential downpour, snow, sleet, the whole thing, absolutely frigid, cold. That's the challenge, baby. And as you know, the great Weston Bergman recently had said, you know, make it harder, make it more difficult, make it the most insane thing in the world. Um, I'm, I'm all for that as long as, as we've talked about at length now on this very podcast episode, make it fair, make the right decisions, make it a well-oiled machine, make it the best version of itself. 
But it's super wet, it's super cold, it is super miserable, and Danny keeps it moving. He proves his elite puzzle status. He gets the win, ultimately, and I will admit, I was as much as I was absolutely rooting for Danny to get this win all season long, in this moment, when they start, when they announce, you know, it's the last stage, it's a 10-mile run, there will be a couple checkpoints along the way, and based on how the points shake out, it's really whichever man gets first, uh, at least between Tyson and Danny. I think Dom would have needed to get first and Tyson second and Danny third exactly um, to maybe have him catch all the way up or tie. But between Danny and Tyson, it was whoever wins this stage will win the whole thing. And when they were like, you know, it's a 10-mile run, I was just like, okay, this is Tyson's thing. This is the this is the endurance part. It's already had a lot of endurance going. They're dead tired. But a 10-mile run uphill, that favors Tyson in a big way. This is it. He goes out to the big lead, and I'm just like, ah, it's over, man. Like, you know, good for Tyson. My guy Danny gets second place. That's awesome. And then to see him catch up, to crush those puzzles as quickly as he does, gets the win. I was a little bit shocked, I will admit, because it just seemed perfectly set up. And that's why Danny's the man for not not just pulling out the win, not getting disheartened, having the resilience and the mental fortitude to know, to line up on that starting line and know like, all right, this game, this last thing we're about to do is set up to his strengths a little more than mine. But no matter what lead he gets, no matter how far, if he goes out of you, I got to keep it moving. I got to do as fast as I can do it. See where that gets me at the end. No discouragement at any point overtakes Tyson on the Sudoku. Turns out all that practice comes in super handy. Uh, practice your puzzles in all varieties before you go on the challenge, people. It's, it is not that hard, especially right nowadays. It puts you in those quarantines for like 10 days or whatever before you do the show. Take some puzzle books. Take some Sudoku books. Look at this. It just helped win Danny $250,000. Practice your puzzles, people. And then on the women's side, so we have a little bit of a shock on the men's side where there's a little double take where like we think Tyson's got this in the bag and then all of a sudden, nope, Danny's got it. Danny's winning and Tyson and Dom, they're dropping out. They're not even going to finish with their money. So more money for Danny and the eventual female winner as well. And at first it's like, whoa, Justine's going to win. Everyone else is falling back. She crushes that first puzzle. Suddenly she's catching up to all the guys. She's at the Sudoku. We're like, Justine's going to win. And then it's like, Wait a minute, Justine's quitting. Okay, uh, Kayla just got here. Kayla's going to win. Kayla, after all of this, Kayla has been a little quiet on the back half of this season. She's going to win out of nowhere. Oh, my goodness. And then Kayla's quitting. And then it's like, wait, didn't Sarah quit? Didn't I thought we saw her. It seemed like you told us she was giving up. And then Justine was going to win. And then she didn't. And then Kayla was going to win. And then she didn't. And then suddenly Sarah didn't quit. And she's going to try. And she's going to finish. And everyone else quit. And now Sarah is winning and has no idea. She thinks she's in last. And now she's winning. Pretty remarkable stuff. That part it was pretty incredible you know, theater. Uh, those last, those last bits and where, where we got, it really did. I mean, uh, you know, I really did go through all of those of like, wow, Justine's going to win. What I I wrapped my mind for 30 seconds around. That's awesome. Justine won. Then suddenly wrapped my mind around Kayla won. Oh my gosh. Out of nowhere. This is, this is so cool. Good for her. And then all of a sudden, wait a minute, Sarah is going to win after all of this, which I thought she was going to win similar to, when they lined up and they were like, it's a 10 mile run. And I was like, all right, Tyson on the men's side, he's got this right. That he's the endurance guy. Same on the women's side. I was like, Sarah's got this right. She's, she runs marathons in her sleep. She does ultra marathons for fun on like every continent or whatever. And to see her fall all the way behind to, you know, have the elements affect her the most, it seemed to feel, you know, let that misery get to her for a minute, but not get to her enough to quit comes all the way back. Now she's winning. Danny wins. Sarah wins. Unbelievable stuff. And, we skipped over it. You know, we started this whole this whole long storyline segment with Danny. Now we'll round it out with Sarah. Sarah is an absolute badass. She's been put forward as kind of the star of the season in many respects. The first half of the season, I would say, they really pushed. You know, Tyson and Angela were kind of the stars of the show. Really put forward from an editing perspective. Second half of the season. 
it was really heavy all about Sarah. Makes a lot of sense why now. And it was a lot, you know, a lot about Danny as well. Makes a lot of sense why the editing usually checks out by the end of the season. Who's getting the love, who's getting the bulk of the storylines, whether they're involved in that specific moment or not. But, uh, she came in Sarah as someone, you know, again, uh, I, I, technically had seen a season she had done of Survivor. I just didn't remember. I'd watched Winner's War. I didn't really remember. I watched it literally in one and a half days at the beginning of the pandemic. And so didn't really remember uh, having watched it or seeing her on it. But I, you know, was told her reputation kind of coming in from a lot of the others in this, you know, reality podcasting space or on social media talking about this stuff. Not a sterling reputation, you know, definitely was put forward as possibly a villain of this season by a lot of people, a lot of people not totally in love with her. I wanted to give her a chance. I felt like what I was hearing, I wasn't hearing real concrete reasons why people were super against her, that maybe it was just a like, we know her political affiliations and some people didn't like that and so she got painted a certain way and I was like, I don't do that stuff. I wanna give everyone their a clean slate, blank, you know, their own merits. I don't care who you vote for or anything like that necessarily. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, but I wanted to give her a chance. I was okay with her and so gave her blank slate, clean, clean chance. First few episodes, Totally fine, wasn't loving, wasn't hating, nothing like that. But then midway through, I definitely, clearly on this podcast and others, went full team, you know, Tyson and Angela uh, versus Ben and Sarah, uh, was against Sarah. I thought the kind of poo-pooing of Angela throughout the season by Sarah was a little much. That definitely wasn't wasn't a fan of that, nor the, you know, found a lot of comedy in the the Daily Challenge where she's telling everyone to help her and suddenly somehow Alyssa and Angela beat the Fab Five to verse five. But uh, I do one wonder now, I would like to go back and kind of look what outfits is she wearing in those confessionals where she's kind of talking some trash about Angela because you can always got to remember the way these are edited, especially the confessionals. We have no idea when people are saying these things in the confessional booth. They can use anything said at any time to look like it was said at any other time. Um, so I'm interested to go back and maybe see if any of that, there's a chance any of that could have been tricky editing and maybe some of those statements were being made at later points, maybe even during the final or whatnot of the season. But so, uh, you know, I, I came in even keel. I maybe went, a little anti during the middle of the season, the back half of the season, I started coming around again the last couple episodes and have to say she kicked ass when it mattered most here at the very end. She won the daily challenge, her first ever individual win, the most, you know, in a clutch, clutch moment, uh, doing it all on her own, no alliance work, no one teaming up against her for her, anything like that wins on her own, gets her first individual win across any shows she's ever been on individual challenge, daily challenge, you know, whatever Survivor calls their version of a daily challenge, immunity challenges and things of that nature, that individual win. She won an individual elimination earlier this year. I digress. She kicked ass when it mattered most. And in the end, in the final, she didn't freaking quit. And it paid off to the tune of a challenge championship and $250,000. And you know how many other people would have quit in her shoes in that moment being stuck in this downpour of rain slash snow, miserable cold after not sleeping, after doing all this other stuff for 24 hours on end, feeling like I'm in last place. I've watched my dream walk out the window. I'm sitting here. I'm thinking about quitting for what seemed like a, quite a while. You know how many people would have quit? Like literally everyone, literally everyone, even those in the shoes of the clear first place person who just needed to finish and would win, those people quit in those shoes. Sarah did not. She stuck it out. And I think that's freaking cool as hell. I will save final statements uh, for the season wrap up as far as where I've kind of landed on. Am I pro against, uh, do I think Sarah's an awesome character for the show, a horrible character for the show? Uh, and, you know, final thoughts on uh, Sarah as a member of this and future challenge cast will be saved for the season wrap up. But even if I don't leave the, the season like full team Sarah, I'm certainly not against team Sarah at this point. She she's really, really solid uh, and she is a damn deserving champion. And I think it is incredible that in that moment where she was standing on that mountain in the position she would have had to have assumed she was in and 
clearly seem to have assumed she was in to be the one that doesn't quit that comes back and even you know like i said being kind of the favorite once she made the final of like your endurance background you should be the favorite on the female side angela's been kicking everyone's ass all season long but you 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 do this stuff in your sleep this should be your where you shine and to fall behind to have that moment of like should i just give up and to have simultaneously everyone in front of her giving up and she doesn't she sticks it out and gets the win that's really freaking cool hats off to her she is the challenge champion and a damn deserving one at that all right let's run through some awards real quick i know we went went a little longer than uh anticipated on this final but it's a two-part it was a two-part episode of course this podcast is going to be long you know how i do i can't stop talking when i get going about this stuff and i'm certainly going tonight with all of the different mixed emotions shout out danny and sarah again so cool anyways best quote best moment episode mvp let's crush through these best quote four nominees both of the first two come from tyson first one during the scary bus ride over to the daily challenge take it away tyson People are starting to freak out, which makes me actually more comfortable. People's panic just like soothes me. I'm here for it. Now, for those audio only and those even watching visual on YouTube, since I have to block out the clips so that it doesn't get taken off of YouTube, the it wasn't just the people's panic just soothes me comment. It was that the night camera, uh, night vision camera, excuse me, in the truck in that moment pans to Tyson. He's just sitting there dead blank stare while everyone else is kind of joking around slash really scared. Loved that. Then second nominee Tyson as well after winning again, getting more money into his ever growing up until it was depleted bank account. Take it away again, Tyson. Congratulations. Just keep growing that wealth gap just the way I like it. Rich get richer. I need you. Does his humor hit for every single person watching this show? I assume not. No one, you know, humor is different for everyone. But does Tyson's humor hit for me every single freaking time? It seems like, yes, it absolutely does. And it did there as well. Third nominee, TJ. Uh, I just got to give a shout out to, I like uh, a proper introduction for one of the proper staples, legendary things, elements of the game of the of the challenge and uh his introduction to pole wrestle i just i just love getting to hear him say these words even if it ended up being you know not the most enjoyable matchup in pole wrestle history but take it away tj for the final elimination we are bringing out a challenge staple one of the most famous games in the history of the challenge this is pole wrestle And then fourth and finally, you know we got to get a Kiki mention in on the quote of the week nominees. Danny throws down a great full quote, throws in Kiki at the end of it. Kiki got, you know, three, four mentions verbally, got on the screen a couple different times with the calls. So uh, definitely will be mentioned again in the MVP here in a moment. But last and fourth and final nominee for quote of the week from Danny. are the first team to complete our puzzle we get the first five points of the final shout out to me and kayla for getting it done baby if kiki knew i was at the final she would tell me there ain't no second place she knows the motto win or die trying and he did get that win but he doesn't get the quote of the week win here that's going to go to tyson joint for both of his quotes and overall we'll get ahead of ourselves we'll give you a little sneak peek teaser of one of the awards that will be given out next week the dan renzi award for the confessional king or queen of the season it's tyson without a doubt so we'll just get that one out ahead this is like you know like the emmys they do you know some of the awards one night, some of the awards the second night when it's televised. We'll just get this one out of the head because it's an obvious one. It's a slam dunk home run. Tyson, Dan Renzi Award, Confessional King of the Season, Quote of the Week winner here. Best moment, four nominees for the best moment of this episode. They obviously, you know, not not even including just the the fact Danny or Sarah crossing the finish line. Obviously, though, always, whoever crosses the finish line in a challenge finale, always a great moment. But nominee number one, 
TJ telling Angela that she is responsible for sending Alyssa home and just rubbing it in over and over. Bye, guys. Love you, Angela. Thanks, Alyssa. Well, Angela, it's all your fault. She's out of here. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> You're going to keep crying again. I know, and that's what I'm trying to do. It's working. She's gone for good. Congratulations. You win tonight's elimination round. And with that, you just padded your bank account. With a lot. $33,500. Not bad. Go ahead and rejoin the group. TJ's performance all season long, just incredible. And since we're, we'll skip ahead since we already mentioned TJ, another moment of the week nominee, TJ waking everyone up from the same tent and being blown away by the smell that he encounters. Loved every single thing about that. Um, was there always only one tent? I need to go back and rewatch. Did they have multiple tents set up and everyone ended up in one because it would definitely make things warmer? Or was there only one tent for everyone? But either way, I can only imagine what those folks did smell like collectively uh, at the end of that. And that that moment from TJ was great. Third nominee, everything about, speaking of the smells, uh, everything that caused those smells, eating the onions and the whole interaction between everyone, mostly Tyson, which all of these could have been a more quote of the week nominees, but all of it rolled into one Tyson's commentary about the onions, Dom's commentary about the onions and Justine capping it off with her perfect vomit. Take it away. The whole group. Oh my God. Ooh, that last night was hot. I don't have a strategy. Like this is the most horrific thing I've ever done in my life. Onions detoxify the blood and garlic is good for your immune system. This should be, like, easy for me. These are, like, ingredients I'm into. Yeah, you smell like onions a lot. All right, good buddy. I was going to do this cleanse after I got home anyways, so it's good to get it out of the way. Well, there it goes. <laughs> I already feel it coming out my ass. Everybody is just... And it's just so gross to hear. There she goes. Uh, <laughs> Making room. That was incredible. I have the best vomit of anybody here. Like, I literally emptied everything that I just put in my body. Ah! Really, really, really hilarious and wonderful stuff there. Again, the eating portion was definitely the, the, mo- the well, most well-executed from the production side, the most well-executed from the cast side as far as getting the job done, being entertaining during it, loved everything about it. But the fourth and final nominee for the moment of the week and the winner of the moment of the week has to be Danny calling Kiki and Zoe and telling her that he won Yes, we had got to see Kiki earlier in the episode, which should have told us that maybe Danny was going to get that win. But, you know, it's obviously been the running thing all season long. Everyone out there has got their Kiki counters going. So having her show up again and getting to watch that moment of him calling and FaceTiming from the confessional booth and letting her know that they, she, that he won, everything about it. It's just, it's just wonderful. It just warms, warms the heart. Hey, man. Guess what? I won the challenge. <laughs> ah, Zoe, what you laughing at? No, it's exciting, huh? <laughs> I can call myself a challenge champ, and nobody can take that away from me. And that means so much to me. So then, of course, we come to episode MVP, and uh, this is pretty straightforward. We got TJ in fifth place, rousing performance from TJ. We just played you up certain parts of that. Angela in fourth, pole wrestle win, uh, big you know moment in the accidental quit, if that's what you want to end up calling it. Tyson in third, uh, great performance by him, even in defeat with all the commentary and the hilarity and the daily challenge win, all of that. And then a tie for first, Obviously, the MVPs of the episode, Sarah and Danny, they get the win. They are the MVPs of this season. So with that, we have covered it all for now, for this episode, for this night. One final time, congratulations to Danny. Congratulations to Sarah. Thrilled for both. Can't believe that the one 
one of two people that I came into this season actually having seen them on TV before watched their season. And on that season of Survivor, rooted for them then, got to pick them as the one person like, I'm not partially because you're the only one I know, partially because you seem awesome. I'm rooting for Danny all season long. He caps it off with the win. That's awesome as someone who, you know, was a little nervous about not knowing anyone on this show, having the one guy I did have a little background info on that I was rooting for come out on top. That is awesome. So hats off to Danny, Kiki, hats off to Sarah, hats off to, you know, the everyone else winning all the other challenge shows around the world right now that are going to be competing against Danny and Sarah in the, you know, the the whatever War of the Worlds-esque name they come up with for the global tournament. Should be a great time. Look forward to covering it. That's all for tonight, though. I will be back again next week on Wednesday, Wednesday morning to go over the entire Challenge USA season one more time, wrap it all up, see if anything that I was thinking or feeling tonight has changed as we get a little more information, backstory from those that were there at the final. But no matter how you slice, Danny and Sarah are champions deserving at that. Get ready for my interview this Friday, 24 hours from now, probably whenever you're listening to this. Dan Setzler, OG legend, two-time champ. So fun talking to him. That comes out Friday, Island Rewatch Pod on Monday. And I assume, final, final thing, challenge season 38 we've got the the three-day prolonged ride or dies promo pictures the last three days so i assume any day now any moment now any hour now very well right now at this minute if i check my phone they might have released a trailer announced the official cast any day now that's coming out we will of course talk about that when it hits so looking forward to all of that that we got coming up thank you all for being here this evening Thank you for listening anytime that you do. Look forward to chatting again soon. I'll talk to you later. Peace.